Hello to everyone that's listening along to the Disruptors for Good podcast and a part of the Cause Artists community. I have a simple question for you. Are you involved with any nonprofits or no individuals that are? My name is Stephen Garton, and I'm the founder of Charity Charge. I ask you to deliver this simple message to them. Tell them about Charity Charge, the first and only no annual fee, no personal guarantee corporate credit card designed for nonprofits. It's an amazing way for the organizations that you care about to improve the financial stability of their nonprofit and to also reduce the personal risk and liability for their employees. To learn more, check out charitycharge.com. What's up, everybody? This is Grant at Cause Artist. Today, we are chatting with Haley Bashir Santel. She is the founder of Maddie Apparel. And Maddie is one of my favorite companies, one, because they're local here in Kansas City. But I've seen Haley sort of really take the company from idea to where it is now. And it's really been amazing to see uh, the growth of, of the brand and to see how looking at a simple subject matter that you care about, right, and then trying to solve that problem. Um, through business. I think it's it's an amazing thing and it's and it's a great example of of how social enterprise and social entrepreneurship can solve some of the problems we have in our community. So what is Maddie Apparel? <laughs> Good question. So Maddie Apparel is a it started out as an intimates brand uh, for women, right? Underwear, sort of uh, nightwear, robes, things like that. Um, and for every you know pair of underwear, they sold, they would donate uh, a pair to a women's shelter, um, a usually a domestic violence shelter or a homeless shelter where the uh, majority of the individuals were women. So it was really an issue that, that she saw as a little bit eye-opening. You know, when she, she first heard that underwear was really the most requested item in these shelters for women, she was, you know, surprised because she just, you know, as we go through our day to day lives, some things we just we just don't think about, right? And, and underwear is is kind of one of those things where we just you know we don't think about donating it. Uh, we think everybody has access to it. So she saw it as a real problem and uh, wanted to do something about it. So she started her company as a buy one give one, and now they have expanded to a bigger product line, but but still kept the same model where you buy any product from Maddie, it's still a pair of, don a pair of underwear is still donated to a woman in need, uh, both domestically and internationally. But the other big, big thing I wanted to focus on was that all the products are made here in America and employs women here in America who come from uh, these domestic shelters, who come from, you know, homelessness. They train these women to, to create the products that they were once given, essentially. So I think the entire business model is something we should we should all look at and and attain to and as consumers uh, try and buy from. It's a great interview. I sat with her here in Kansas City. We did it in person at their their headquarters here in Kansas City, the the, the little shop, and it's it's amazing. So if you're ever in Kansas City, you should absolutely stop by there. Um, so hope you guys had a great week. Have a great day. Have a great rest of the year. I mean, we'll be back next week, but. Happy holidays. <laughs> Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll talk next week. Thanks. Bye. I usually like to start with, with the journey, right? And, and how people get to to where they are now. And, and that's sort of usually an interesting process. So let's kind of start maybe when the idea came to, not the idea, but maybe 
the maturation of the idea and I think it was around maybe right after college so let's, let's kind of start there yeah so I was living in this small beach town called New Smyrna Beach and it was a fun move I like you said just graduated from University of Missouri and a friend that I went to school with moved with me to this little town and it basically had no corporate environment mm-hmm. so we were serving at restaurants and bartending and it was a cool time in my life because it was really just no pressure. Yep. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Definitely was not on a journey to start a business, mm-hmm. uh, but it kind of just fell on my lap when a few key moments happened that really just led me to do something. Yeah. So one of them uh, was that I was on the internet. Uh, my friend and I were doing this research on recycled fabrics mainly. Um, we thought about starting a reclaimed clothing line. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where it started. We were researching and found this blog post where this missionary that had been going to Africa to this particular community for years was asking the community for new underwear donations. Mm-hmm. And the missionary was saying, oh, it's uh, this particular community constantly asks for new underwear donations because that's it's like a status symbol there women are less sexually violated if they own and wear underwear. And so that was so shocking. And it was like something that we'd never heard before. But when we kept reading, we were like, wow, that makes total sense. I guess in this community, you know, women that didn't have underwear were seen as less wealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, They were more of like a literal target for sexual Mm. abuse. And so... The missionary was asking the community, hey, I go to this, I go on a trip here all the time. I would love to bring new underwear donations. Then in the blog post, it said, underwear is the most needed and underdonated item of clothing. And so I kind of wanted to know, is that true? Mm -hmm. I've never heard it before. I never really had any reason to hear or learn that. Right. And so uh, it started with, I was, I would call homeless shelters. That was like the first type of organization I could think of. Yeah. And this local homeless shelter in Daytona Beach, I said, I called and I spoke with the director and said, hey, do you guys need new underwear? Um, and he was like, yes. And so enthusiastic. Um, we always need it. Um, we, if we don't receive donations, we have to use our budget to go out and buy it new. Interesting. But are you talking about men's or women's? Because mm-hmm. we particularly house men. Um, and he said, here's a domestic violence shelter in the area. They all always need new women's underwear. And so around that same time, like within a year of that moment, a family member of mine told me that she was once a victim of domestic violence. And that was another like kind of shocking aha moment mm-hmm. because that's something that I never thought I would I never thought somebody in my family would be affected by. Sure. And you feel like you picture somebody different from yourself, right? you know, being a victim of domestic violence. And you think, oh, it's this type of person that happens to. And it wouldn't ever be like a strong woman that right. has, mm. you know, an education and an amazing job and that sort of thing. And But then it hit me directly in my family. And so that came into play when I called a few domestic violence shelters and I was asking about do you guys need new underwear? And every shelter that I I would get on their website and I would call and underwear topped the most urgent needs list at all of them. And so 
they said the same thing that they always have to keep it stocked. You know, mm-hmm. women flee with nothing, just the clothes on their backs, but they stay in these shelters sometimes for months. And so underwear is definitely a basic need and it's the one thing that can't be donated used. Correct. So, you know, we donate all our used clothing, but we, we don't think to go out and buy underwear yeah. new to donate it. Right. So it's not like water or uh, food. Jackets. Yes. Backpacks. But it's one thing that, especially for women, yeah, is super necessary in all types of organizations. And so it really started with that. I knew about Tom's shoes. That was kind of made a big impact on me. Uh, and... So we knew right away we wanted to do a one-for-one model. And what year was this? Because this was five years ago, maybe? Yeah, it was a little over five years. 2012 was when the idea came up. Yeah. So that's kind of right when, you know, Tom's was sort of the only one out there that you could kind of go to and be like, okay, this model is something we want to represent, duplicate in in our form or fashion. Because there wasn't. Now there's so many different models that people can try out and do. But 2012 i mean that was kind of the go-to and be like how can we do this with underwear yeah and we were thinking maybe we could do something different to Mm -hmm. differentiate ourselves instead of literally doing the same thing buy one give one but we decided to keep that same buy one give one model but then add on just being as impactful as we could in all ways so that's what we differentiated ourselves with from the beginning Mm -hmm. so we also make everything in the u.s Mm -hmm. we employ local domestic women and then we use only sustainable fabrics so we ethically source all fabrics and that was the one thing that we wanted to differentiate ourselves instead of being a buy one give one company Mm -hmm. we wanted to just be the most impactful women's brand yep so that's kind of how it all started basically and early on it was giving to was it given to local Kansas City shelters or was it give was it shipping them to I guess we can move back a second because you were in Florida and then in order to sort of do this I think you then decided to come back to to Kansas City right yeah so I was still living in Florida when it launched we did a Kickstarter campaign to raise seventeen thousand dollars to do our first production run mm-hmm. and at that time we found a cut and sew operator in South Carolina and that was actually really hard to find yeah everyone had been going offshore Mm -hmm. you know you know the battle it's just no one is at this time was producing in the u.s so it was ghost town with all the manufacturing operations everywhere so that's that's kind of how it started we were i was housing all of the underwear in my house and at that time we just had six black styles of underwear that's Mm -hmm. what we launched with i designed them all and the patterns were made in florida and when we kicked off we were just doing for every pair of underwear sold we would donate a pair of underwear to women in need Mm -hmm. and basically we're doing the florida area yeah and so it was about six months after that that i decided to move it back to where i am originally from kansas city Mm -hmm. and because there were just so many more resources yeah you know, Kansas City is such a huge startup and entrepreneur-focused city. And so I knew that it would thrive yep. in Kansas City as opposed to this little beach town as much as I love living there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. It would be hard to to move from there. So that was still, was that still 2012 or was that 2013? That was that... now 2013. And now we're, we're sitting in the same headquarters can we call it maddie yeah. hq is that what we can call it here yeah <laughs> we're sitting i mean this was 
the original spot still then, right? Was it 2013 or maybe 2014? Yeah, this coming January, it's been five years that we've been in this space. Yeah. So we actually started leasing this spot before we even moved right. everything back, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Yeah, and that was a cool story how how you got this because, I mean, this is a really great area to be in. It's very difficult yeah. to, to find stuff like this. And I know when you said you had kind of looked at this space and – you know, they, they had some other people actually offering more money, I think, but the, the owner of it said, I love the mission. And I was like, I really want you to, to kind of get it going, right? Yeah, yeah it that's was so cool. cool. Like props to our landlord. Yeah. We, give people <laughs> we don't say that much, right? Props <laughs> to our landlord. Exactly, yeah. He's so amazing. And it was, I remember we were, I was at a movie with my mom and we were trying so hard to get this space. But, <laughs> you know, they we had so many people in it, this bidding war kind of, and the owner called or the yeah the owner our landlord called and said hey we just really want to give it to you guys Mm -hmm. and to this day we get people every few months saying hey when this place went up for lease i tried so hard to get that space so there are people that have just come out of the woodworks that we had no idea they were trying to get this space and it's a hot commodity i know when we when we talk about you know domestic manufacturing and, and trying to make ethical ethical clothing from even the materials right to the people who make it even i think what was really cool about i remember about the maddie brand was that that was sort of key from the beginning right that wasn't something that was after we started making money we decided to do all this Mm -hmm. this was a core belief from the beginning but how how was it like to try to get that right to like you said find domestic manufacturing like try to make these try to make the clothes and and the apparel Mm -hmm. from sustainable materials like what was that process like because that could be something that could be frustrating mm-hmm. from day one and then you're like i'm just gonna go to china it's so much easier <laughs> right yeah totally <laughs> we could have for sure had the easy way out uh by now you know many times we've been given the opportunity yeah. i think that ethical fashion you know it's i like that you said those words because it was not even really a thing you yeah. know five years ago right. you know this world and that was just it was something that was part of our core values but now it's kind of blowing up and people Mm -hmm. are actually getting it but then it was really honestly just about how are we going to treat people and the environment well and that was and it's like okay black and white very simple yeah very simple (laughs) and so it was super hard not only finding the cut and sew team in the u.s like i had said that was very hard to find in south carolina now we produce in kansas city but that's a constant battle Mm -hmm. you know there aren't a lot of people sewing in the u.s anymore and so our prices are usually higher Mm -hmm. it's kind of like can be a monopoly at times um, people just kind of controlling the rates yeah. just because they know there are limited options right. in the U.S. Right. So that's a big battle. Uh, also sourcing sustainable fabrics, that has for sure been a challenge. It's lightening up a little bit now because there are more options. More demand. Yes, so more, more people demand. Are doing it. And so I'm sure prices will go down. Yeah. Um, a lot of that fabric, though, is ex- is very expensive. So all of these things go into our price point. So that's, mm-hmm. I guess, a third challenge because, you know, each area of impact that we make adds a price. Mm-hmm. It comes with a cost. Right. And also on the other end, it comes with a cost to people that would make it if we didn't go this route. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's the cost is definitely important and we build that into our profit margin. But 
it makes our items more expensive. And so the challenge is we have to prove the value to every person that is interested in our products. We constantly have to educate them on why it costs this much. Right. Why does our shirt cost $60? Whereas, you know, I could go Gap to fast fashion Navy, yeah. exactly, and get it for 15 Yeah. And so it's kind of fun to, to yeah, educate people. Yeah, sure. But it is, it, it's again, a challenge. I know early on, I remember you used to go to, uh, to Haiti mm-hmm. and do some drops there. That was that was pretty early on, right? I don't, I don't know if that if that still happens anymore, but that I thought that was, I thought that was taking it back to the roots of like, you know, there's people here that in domestic shelters that, that need underwear, but there's also people, especially Haiti, right? Mm-hmm. They need water, electricity, right? So, yes. so underwear is obviously going to be, you know, like a luxury, right? So, yes. what was that experience like? Because I know you went a couple times, and it, it's it seemed to to open your eyes and, and sort of be very impactful for you. Definitely. So actually, we've only been to Haiti once, Mm -hmm. but we've been to multiple other international countries. And, you know, to your point, the international drop offs, exactly like what you're saying, there's a whole different need Mm -hmm. than the U.S. Uh, The U.S., more disaster relief and domestic violence shelters, sexual assault clinics, that sort of thing. But international, like in Haiti, we were reached out to by this organization called Circle of Health International. Mm-hmm. They're out of Austin. Oh, okay. And they have a base and in Haiti. And they reached out saying, hey, we heard about you. We really need new underwear donations for this birth clinic that we're on the grounds for, for women. Right. So women were walking from all of these remote communities to this birth clinic to have their baby. And what would happen is they would have the baby and sometimes they'd walk back like that very day from having a baby crazy kick dust up and things like that infections can happen and also it's just in addition to that it's a basic need yeah and so women not only it was either unaffordable or they didn't have access to it um postage system is weird there yeah and it's you don't find just every you don't just find underwear vendors places no yeah yeah, yeah. so it was a a very basic need for multiple reasons uh we also went to a deportee camp where people from dominican republic were being pushed back to haiti if they were actually haitian born you know you probably heard about that but we're going to deportee camps giving out hygiene packs where we'd include soaps and sanitary products with the underwear uh and then just remote villages we literally walked with backpacks and stuff like that uh, to churches and towns and so the needs internationally are just totally different yeah. but just as important and the one thing uh i always like to mention because people ask about this uh, quite often but we always want to make sure we don't take jobs away from anyone in the local community. Yeah. We also want to make sure we're not just dumping for no reason. Of course. When we go internationally, it's because we've usually received a request and we ask, how many do you need? You know, when we were in Haiti, right. they explained, oh, people just come here and bring all these teas and of things course. that we don't need right. and dump them on us. It's like the Santa Claus effect. Sure. And so that's super important. We're really intentional about where we drop off and we do a lot of research before we do to make sure it's a good fit. Yeah, no, I think it was, uh, I think Tom's got a little bit into to hot water for that, for, you know, dropping all these shoes off and 
Oh, where you're taking you, well, you're taking away jobs from the shoemakers or whatever yeah. in in those villages. Yep. And uh, and sometimes that was true, but also like there's a reason that nobody has shoes. Yeah. You can't afford to buy it exactly. from the shoemaker, right? Yes, so, it has to be one or the other. There, there's. I think there's. I think if you look deeper at that, there. Mm-hmm. I, I think in some cases that might be right, but in a lot of the cases, it's like well sometimes individuals just can't buy the shoes <laughs> yeah they still or it, they don't have access right it's like they gotta walk five miles to go get like a pair of shoes that yeah. i really can't afford but i need them it's like so true there's there's a lot of there's a lot of different things but i think now what what tom's is doing now is that they're actually putting manufacturing in the places that they're doing they were doing drops yeah so i think they're still providing local jobs yeah so up. i think they're i mean look they're looking at things too it's like a, there's no god never going to be a perfect company out there mm-hmm. right but i think when companies assess maybe an issue or problem, they look at it and say, "Okay, we can fix this, so to speak." Right. So I yes. think I think that's 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 always a great thing to look at. And you kind of for foresaw that a little bit, right? Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's an evolution, like you're of saying. Of course, like, yeah. Everything. You, beca- you start with this one, this this one value maybe, and then it evolves as you see what where the need evolves in the in communities that you're donating to what's working what's not what do the people need from us and you know it's cool it's a learning process yeah it is you got to keep your ears open and learn what people really need from you and yeah at what point where because we we're sitting here and there's a lot more than underwear here now Mm -hmm. right (laughs) there's there's some uh i guess there's about maybe what seven yeah no so i mean that's 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 what i'm saying that's a good sign right because that means people love the message love the story but most importantly love the product right my wife loves she's got the robe every time at the shower but it's it's comfortable like it's delicate like you could do everything in it it's it's uh so i think the product stands on its stands on itself alone Mm -hmm. But I think that that's big decisions for a startup to make early on is do we keep making the thing that works or do we venture off a little more, mm-hmm. right? So maybe let's talk about the successes of the underwear that launches other other product lines and that decision making to yeah, do that. Totally. So our name, Maddie, stands for Make a Difference Intimates. Although now yeah. we honestly can't even say that anymore because we're not an intimates brand. We sort of rebranded into being a staple basics line. Yep. And so everything now that we make is literally a staple basic. So we sell tees, tanks, sleepwear and pajamas, some outerwear. Mm-hmm. We're getting ready to launch a legging and a little athletic collection. Yep. And then we're working on a men's line, mm-hmm. which we can touch on yep. later. But um Everything was intended to bring in more customers. And I don't just mean numbers. I mean the variety of types of people Mm -hmm. that can shop from us. Right. When we had just the underwear, it kind of limited us. Even though those are our staples and they're our classics, they still are. But it not only raised our price points and our margins by creating these products that people find more value in. Right. uh, Because... People are only kind of willing to pay so much for a pair of underwear. Yep. Um, when we have tees and, and dresses and tanks and things like that, they can a lot of our products dual as outerwear. Yeah. So it adds to our sustainability, getting so much use out of. Because you don't these. have to buy as much. Exactly. Yeah. 
And there are these everyday products that people would buy anyway. Yeah. So why not buy them from us? Um, and people started to get kind of addicted to our fabrics. We source these really high quality. Yeah, they are super, bamboo. super comfortable. Yes, yeah. they're so comfy. And so a lot of our repeat customers, they started to be like, well, when you make yeah. shirts yeah. or when you make pants. And yeah. so then it started to be a demand thing. And, and also just uh, that's how we got regular customers hooked because they're constantly looking for the next when are you going to launch a, a color in that shirt that i love and mm. i will buy all of them in right. that one product right. i love and so it was just sort of a domino effect let's launch maybe one new product every few months and now we launch full color collections and things like that so that's really how it went was just what are the people wanting? And they mm -hmm. started to want sleepwear and loungewear. And then we've now, after five years, we just recently, a few months ago, we launched a new logo to be more inclusive, to include our men's yep. line, and yep. to include this new, I guess, persona that we have to be a sustainable or ethical basics brand, just all encompassing. And It's more no lifestyle, anything you do in your life. We exactly. have maybe a product for you, right? Yes. Whatever and part of the day it is. <laughs> exactly. But it, and it, they're all so simple. You know, right. As you can see, everything, it's nothing is fancy. Yeah. Nothing is reinventing the wheel. It's literally just what's your favorite tea that you want to get out of the drawer. But yeah, it's kind of, it has been an evolution. Yeah, no. And I think it's funny with, with social enterprises, an evolution is different because while other clothing brands deal with new product lines and growing and launching different products, right? But you kind of have to go back. It's like, okay, what is our impact model now still? Is it yeah. still one for one for underwear? Is it still, is it one for one now for the tank tops, right? You, you kind of, it, you kind of have to reassess, not just to rebrand from the product side, brand side, but also maybe rebrand impact side, Yeah. which a lot of growing social enterprises kind of have to do. So what is, what, is that, what, did, what does that look like now, right? Yeah. Going from originally the impact model to now. Totally. I'm glad you asked that because nothing actually has changed with the impact model. We still, for any item, we wanted to keep it simple. Yep. You know, and you and I have talked about this. How can we just always be, how can we have our customers know what to expect from us? Yep. So for any item you buy, like say it's a robe, we donate a pair of underwear to women in need gotcha. and we're employing local people and we're your product is made out of sustainable fabrics yep. so those three things have never changed also the cool thing about our new men's collection is we're doing something that i feel like has never been done before our men's collection will benefit our women's causes interesting which yeah. brings them into this conversation about domestic violence and rape instead of yeah. separating them yeah. it's kind of like let's include them and you know our we've kind of had this theme with launching the men's collection better together because yeah. when we work together we can create a bigger impact and so that's something that we've really been intentional about uh is making men a part of the conversation yeah and so i'm super excited about that for for any you know boxer brief that a guy buys yep. from our men's collection we're going to donate a pair of underwear to a woman somewhere in the world and so we wanted to make that not awkward and figure right. out a way to just, you <laughs> no, know, I think I remember we, we talked about that originally when the meeting you had when we were like, we're thinking about doing the men's line. Yes. Like, how will that work? How would it work? Like, do we now get, like, do we give to, to men's shelters? And I think that was, it wasn't more of, 
like we talked about fabric, we talked about style and stuff, mm -hmm. but it, one of the most important part was figuring out do we, ch well, do we change the model that has been successful for us and, and, and already does a good job, right? And helps people out with a, with an absolute need. And I thought that was, it was a, I think you did the right thing. Like I, I think keeping it simple, keeping it at the core of the mission, what it originally was and getting men involved in, you know, understanding just women's issues at a very basic level, totally. right? Like, I mean, just how you went to, to, to Haiti and stuff and maybe you were just like ignorant to like what, goes on like day to day it's like well men are kind of ignorant with just like <laughs> just basic stuff like in yeah. america like right with their girlfriend or their wife or, yeah. or their mom or their aunt they don't understand the, these sort of things but it just gets them in the door of of understanding things a little more and i think like you said i don't know another brand and i would probably know yeah you would know <laughs> yeah so <laughs> i i don't know guy. if there, i don't know if there's a, a brand out there that 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 sells a, a men's product line really dedicated to to women's issues though right so that's i know that's, that's i really feel like it's going to be something new and i'm super excited to be part of that and it's i think what's cool about it is that like you're saying sometimes men feel almost awkward or separated when it yeah. comes to women's issues they're like they don't they think oh the women don't want us involved you know i don't want to step on any toes yep. on any eggshells so yep. i'm just going to stay out of it and that almost creates more tension, awkwardness. And so I'm super stoked about, you know, early next year, we're gonna have these men's products in here. A man and a woman, they walk in the store together and the man can feel like, wow, I can buy this product and be part of this yeah. cause and feel proud about my purchase. And instead of a man and a woman walking together, and, and the men just the man goes sits, sits on the couch, yeah, and plays with his phone, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. and feels awkward. Yeah, even though you're in our you know store right now, you can tell it's super chill. It's not yeah. like Victoria's Secret, right? But that is something that is kind of change. It's life changing because, uh, in a way, you know, in a small way, it's just a man can feel like, wow, I am part of this, and I feel as if this brand is accepting of me, and yeah. so. It's super cool. I mean, and then in terms kind of of you brought up products and how other brands have rolling collections. Mm -hmm. And that's even though sustainable brands are doing a better job of this, that's still part of, I would say, fast fashion. 100 percent. And it's so, an issue that the fashion industry probably has to deal with. And it's going to be tough. Yes. Because they're so used to especially like with these fast fashion companies, like they're public companies. Yeah, they're not. Their mission is their mission is to make profit for for their shareholders. Like yep. their mission is not to promote buying less. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's a very difficult conundrum that those brands are in because I mean, me as a consumer, I want to buy from you. Yeah. Right. I'm you know, and, and I'm willing to spend a little more. Mm -hmm. Right. And and once that happens at scale, these big companies are going to have real problems. Gap and Old Navy already have have those issues mm -hmm. and, and a lot of these other companies are are either having to jump on the sustainable train in different ways. But yeah, I do think that you're totally right. Like that seasonal thing, buy more, buy more, mm -hmm. new, 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 it's it's just not sustainable, right? At its core. Agreed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so true. And our stuff, it's like a something, a mindset that's different, not only just with buying less, buying products that last for a, lo a, a lot longer, but right. We literally don't have, when we compete with other brands 
for to sell wholesale to a retailer, for example. Like we're going to go to a, a, a boutique in Portland and try to earn their business. Something that we have to explain to them is we don't always have new collections. We launch a new product, but we've literally never once taken a product out of our collection. Mm. So what our products are, are lifelong products that you know we want you to have it for we want you to have this robe for 10 years yeah and know? say you want to buy it in another color because you liked it so much or you want two or maybe yeah. you want three of our basic tees we want to make sure that next year you can come back and it's still here yeah and that it's not just being constantly pushed through when you look for those lifelong products that you love and you need another of so that is something that's been also a challenge because there aren't too many companies that are doing that where they keep those same core items. Like everything we produce is something that we want to hold on to and make it that lifelong product. But that's something we even have to educate retailers on. Sure. When they're buying from us wholesale, we have to kind of explain, hey, we don't have a new collection every spring and summer. Um, sometimes we launch a color collection. Right. Sometimes we have a couple new products. but. <laughs> Even at that, it, we're just there are some things that we're doing that are not not the norm. Yeah, so and I think it's the, the boutique thing is an interesting subject matter too because it, a lot of people talk about uh, retail being dead, so to speak, right? Yeah. And it, it's good to get your perspective on you know online sales versus you're still trying to get into boutiques. You know, you still yeah. want to be in these stores. You know, I think Nordstrom's about to open really close to a brand new Nordstrom's mm-hmm. like. It, it, it should benefit them to have a bunch of local brands in there, right? So is retail still an important aspect of the business, even though people, a lot of people still sh- just shop online, right? Totally. I think that, yeah, 100% what you're saying, brick and mortars, people are feel like are shutting down and things like that. But I kind of compare it to magazines as an example. Even though people are now reading a lot of their news sources and things online, people still want a physical copy of something. They like bringing that on airplanes. It's kind of like a book versus a Kindle. You yep. know, some people yep. just want to go and have that tangible thing in person, and yep. they want it to be immediate gratification, and they want to feel good when they put yeah, it on, and 100%. they want to wear it out that night. Yeah. And so that is, you know, here in our storefront, we sell them. The majority of our sales uh, and then we have online and then we have wholesale mm-hmm. but it just goes to show people want that experience they wanted to be tr- they want someone to treat them really special yeah and so yes I guess as a whole some of the I think that the ones that are the brick and mortars that are struggling the most are big box brands because yep. they're not getting that special vo- attention whereas other brands that are similar to us or you know other stores similar to us across the country that are doing that are giving customers an experience you get a unique sorts. experience when you walk in right? yes. like if you go to a Kohl's you go to a Old Navy or yep. even H&M like it's the same everywhere same everywhere it's not going to be unique yeah you know? like why would you want to go there I would just buy online for right <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's it, I guess it varies and those are the companies that we're trying to that we want to sell our products because we know they'll talk about our products and explain yeah. what they are. Yeah. We know they're going to have, you know, salespeople that are really intentional yeah. about the 
customers that they bring in and keep in the stores and they're going to have repeat customers and things like that. Whereas a bigger department store, they, they don't have as much time and attention um, for each customer. Yeah. So it's kind of being strategic and knowing what stores really will last. Sure. These, would you say 60% sales are online versus 40 I'd say actually 60% in our brick and mortar mm -hmm. um, and about 20 wholesale and 20 online. Okay. But online is a huge goal for us to grow. Obviously, yeah. our margins are bigger. Yeah. As, you know, double sure. they are wholesale. And there are positives and negatives. When we sell to wholesale, the positive about that is even though we're getting half the margin, that gets in, in front of more cost, so yeah, more sure, people. more people. And yeah. then they maybe shop from us later online. Yeah, of course. But online, we don't pay rent. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't yeah. have to have You can speak directly to them. Yes. Yeah. So we really want to grow that. It's just, it's not easy. It's not. People no, it's not. are being flooded. You know, Instagram algorithms, algorithms are yep. totally crazy. Yep. You know how it goes. It's a constant battle. In person, we have more control over the conversion of yep. the customer. Yeah. You know, we get them in here, and then they feel our products. We talk to them. We give them a special experience. They feel like it's luxury treatment. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easy for us. It's easier for us to have a higher conversion rate. Whereas mm -hmm. online, it's a bit harder, and you're battling all of those other brands. People just are having a hard time focusing now. Yeah. So that it's really next year we're focusing a lot on online how can we grow that how can we bring the customer back in and keep them coming back and but, especially yeah. now that you're launching the, the men's brand you can you have a more of a target audience too for yeah. online you know it's not just just women you every anybody that comes to your site now like that comes in the store it's you know you, you have something for them right so totally. we'll end on let's end on the men's thing because i yes. want to know more right and then uh we'll end on uh mission going forward so men's things coming out next year so say maybe january-ish and what's that going to be boxers and tees yeah it's going to come out late january it's in production right now we actually had a pre-sale weekend a couple weeks ago which was fun we got a lot of good feedback uh so we've got a men's boxer brief mm -hmm. comes in two fabrics bamboo and modal okay both really really soft <laughs> Yeah. So then we've got a jogger and a hoodie. They they Love it. match, and they're this super soft, thick, uh, stretchy fleece made from organic cotton and tinsel. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we have a long underwear set. So it's a long underwear pant that's made out of this French terry bamboo, um, and then a long underwear long sleeve shirt. Gotcha. So really good for the winter, but also in the summer and whatnot, just hanging out at home. If you're really light, of sort of like yeah, yep. Yeah, and the pants guy. Yeah. And then a basic tee that is also going to come in bamboo and modal. So just your staples. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure we could launch more later, but these were the things that, you know, I asked for your advice mm -hmm. too. Um, these were kind of the things we narrowed down for what men as a whole yeah. want and would wear the most regularly. Yep. And then, at, you know, launching other basics in the future. But I'm super stoked to see me too i'm excited i'm excited so i think the last question is it's been years now right so let's say six six real years i think maybe 
Yeah, six to seven. Six to seven. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of lessons learned, right? Mm. There's a lot of takeaways. There's a lot of things you did wrong, a lot of things you did right. I think I'd like to end on what have you learned from the last seven years in doing this and going forward what do you what do you look like for the for the next seven years what do you want that to be yeah that's i think that the biggest lesson learned is that this is a race it's like a rat race (laughs) (laughs) and i'm a very chill person i've always felt like i can let anything right off my shoulders but starting a business it's testing it tests you every day and i know you can relate to this Mm -hmm. but that's the one thing i've learned about myself is as chill as i am you could be the most laid-back person in the world and starting a business will break you down like make you cry and you know just gets you and (laughs) and you learn a lot about yourself yeah you you do you you think wow um how am I going to do this another day? I want to give up like want, so yeah. many times. Oh, that's crazy. And yeah. so I guess the thing I've learned the most is is uh, self-care is super important. And you literally have to sometimes make yourself, you know, uh, do things like take a day off or yeah. shut your computer down at 6 p.m. or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. It's like a personal uh, journey that you're, you go on and so I guess that's the number one thing is things get really, really hard. And my friend said something like, uh, he said, oh, entrepreneurs are the only people that are trying to escape the nine to five, 40 hour a week job to then work, work 80, 80 hours. hours. <laughs> yeah. And I know you've heard that before, but that is so literally so true. <laughs> We're working so hard and it there are so many benefits. Sometimes I'm so happy to do what I do. I feel so lucky. Yeah. But other times I look at my life and think, how the hell did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> and so it's really about what do you want out of your life if you take your job out of it Mm -hmm. and for entrepreneurs don't make it part of your identity right instead how can you still be happy in your day-to-day life and make that time to for yourself your family your friends whatever it is where if your startup crashed tomorrow you'd still be okay yeah yeah so if we look at let's say let's say five years Right. Let's say five years of what does what does the the impact look like? What does the company look like from I always like when when people when people ask you, right, like what Maddie is Mm -hmm. like, how do you explain it to them? Right. Is it the short and sweet answer of like this, this or you do you you take a breath and be like, (laughs) how long do you have? Do you have five minutes right here? That's because it's such a like I said. I mean, when you do something for so long, it's your it's your life. Like it's it becomes like your baby. Like it's like your son or daughter, right? Like it's (laughs) you know it's like it's it's hard to explain. But I think that the the impact so far has been so amazing. And I think sometimes you're so in the weeds, right? If you work eighty hours a week, you're always Mm -hmm. it's like, well, let's take a step back and really let's like cheers to like what we've done. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we have, you know, for as much as day to day, normal people, like we put under our own every day. Right. It's, mm-hmm. you don't think twice, but for a person who is maybe 
one never had a pair of underwear, yeah. right? Or you've had two pair of underwear that they've used for five years, right? And it's dirty, they can't wash it. And mm-hmm. those simple things that we as customers have given people, right? Because that's the most important thing. We yeah. have done it together. Mm-hmm. You have created something that all of us can be a part of, right? And so that impact, I think, deserves a step back and breathe and be like, wow, we've done some really cool things, yeah. but what what more can like we do? What do we want to do for the next five years, right? Yep. So the next five to seven years, if we're talking about that, yeah. I would love to create more transparency and authenticity and just continue to grow how we show people their impact. Mm. When you're talking about, yeah. you know, now, if you take a step and look back at just the simple things, donating the underwear and how people perceive the giving that they're doing from their purchase, that's super important. And because we've been in the weeds these last five years, yeah. uh, at times that can be hard to really show the impact that people are doing. So we've been doing these little things like in every item or in every purchase online or in store, we include a card and it features one of the organizations that their purchase donates to. And we write a little thing on there that says, thank you for buying four items. You just now donated four pairs of underwear to an organization like this. And yep. it features the organization with pictures and words about it. And they can go to our website and see other organizations yeah. we donate to. And then we include another car that says this is how your purchase made a difference and it explains the sustainable fabrics and how you know where in the u.s it was made and how for every item they buy they we donate a pair of underwear and so i think that that i want to do more of Mm -hmm. and be super intentional about how our customers understand really the impact that they're making and i think that'll only get better and better because We'll then be able to show bigger numbers like we've yep. donated you know almost seven thousand pairs of underwear and that number will grow thanks to our customers sure. and thanks to now being able to sell to a wider variety including men and things yep. like that so it's going to be a challenge really including our men's line to be able to grow uh or to know how we're going to approach this because this is new stomping ground yeah <laughs> but <laughs> i like to the challenge i like the the idea of like uh, always like like looking at like maps and you can just like get a highlight and you scroll over and it says we've given we've we've given to this yes this shelter in Utah we've given to like there's just a heat map of like where mm-hmm. not not how many but just where yeah. around the world that people like stuff has been donated to right like I that's so cool to me to to really look at it from anything from your perspective to see it's like wow yes you know we have given stuff all around the world that's yep. such a it's such an amazing thing you know? i know it it's really cool is. for the customer to see stuff like that but yeah. also cool for the brand and the you know team members on our 100%. team to see that impact and take take a step back but yeah like you said take a breather and look at the impact that we have made mm-hmm. and i know we didn't really touch on this but um we've been starting to train women through our nonprofit to learn how to sew our products yep and so we can do more production in-house but these women that we're training are facing employment barriers and so now this has been this is one thing that i'm looking forward to in terms of the next five years we just started this we have two graduates we have two new women entering our training program and these are women that 
Some have been facing homelessness. Mm -hmm. Some have, you know, been addicted to drugs and have been going through recovery, getting their children back. And so that is really something that is exciting because it's real women it's real journeys, you know, it's yeah. now not just one woman receiving a pair of underwear, but now it's giving a, a lifetime job skill and employment to a woman and seeing that change her life. It's literally changing somebody's life. Yeah. Like one yeah. woman, you know, now can afford a new apartment. She was in section eight housing and yeah. some of them can get off of welfare and yeah, get their kids back. And yeah. so now for our customers, it's, it's another, just one more layer that is showing impact. The women that receive our donations all over the world, those same types of women are now sewing the products. Yep. And so it's like closing the loop and really just, I guess, not like saying we wanted to prove anything, but more, um, we really want to show we're serious about well, I think an it's, I, I, Yeah, I think it, it shows too, like it's taking the next evolution of I think what people realize of, of what giving is, mm -hmm. all right, or what like this term charity is. And mm -hmm. it's, there's sort of this, this weird dynamic of giving people something somehow is not a good thing. And it's like, well, that's just the first step yeah. in a long mission of what we wanna do, mm -hmm. right? We have to start with giving people basic needs so they can not get sick yeah right and now they're not sick they can get educated yes. right and learn now they can learn a skill yep. now they can sew the stuff that they were once given mm -hmm. now they're creating it and having a job like you said get and so empowers them it's it it's an amazing dignity. we are living at such an amazing time mm -hmm. where i say this all the time so but like consumers have such immense power so true. it's it's unbelievable the power that we all have and this is a perfect example of i mean look you want to you want to solve homelessness you know you want to solve hunger education well buy from companies that are doing that yeah you know it's it's kind of simple but like it's just discovering these companies right and and looking at them educating yourself on what they do yeah and wow, that's so true and just purchase from them. like it's it's not climbing a mountain right <laughs> it's not you know not going to war it's not you know, you don't have to go to this to these countries and 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 do like there, you don't have to do anything crazy like that mm -hmm. to really change somebody's life. You can literally do the same thing you do every day, yeah. just being educated on who you buy from, where you buy, you know, and be like, you know, I'll spend a little bit more on this, but look at the return. Yeah, you know, I mean, that is. Don't leave it up to government to to solve the problems you want to solve because we know so that true. doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's amazing i love that that's so cool well that thank you down. so much um this is great i'm glad we, we finally sat down and did it i know and uh yeah i mean i can't wait till till the men's line come out i can't wait to see uh you know all the other women that that are going to be trained and and are starting to produce more stuff and it's uh the life cycle of, of impact is uh is maturing and improving every year you know with, with with maddie so it's it's been an awesome thing to watch from day one really you know it's been yeah, it's yeah. been a great maturation so congratulations and continued success for sure thank you you've been the best supporter and i just love catching up with you always